Hello, Movie Marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm honored to get the opportunity to interview Alejandro Mejia, the cinematographer of the Mexican-American film Son of Monarchs, which had its premiere at Sundance on January 30th. Son of Monarchs is directed by Alexis Gambis, and the synopsis is, after his grandmother's death, a Mexican biologist living in New York returns to his hometown nestled in the majestic monarch butterfly forests of Michoacan. The journey forces him to confront past traumas and reflect on his hybrid identity, sparking a personal and spiritual metamorphosis. I was able to catch this film with an early screener and got to record my thoughts on it with Rosa Parra in another episode of the Sundance 5K series, so definitely be sure to check that out. But in short, I thought this film was excellent. I loved the blend of science and drama, and while it's a lot to chew on at times, the journey is beautiful and incredibly rewarding. And one of the very first things that I said about this film is that it's a beautiful film to look at. The cinematography is defined, and it gives a wonderfully crisp and naturalistic feeling to the film. This is obviously in no small part due to the cinematographer, Alejandro Mejia. Alejandro is a part of the Mexican Society of Cinematographers, and he has a rich history of working on both feature films and documentaries, making him an ideal choice for this docudrama hybrid. We had a great conversation about this film. Alejandro was incredibly kind, and he provided so many insights into how this beautiful film came together. So check out that interview coming up now. All right, I'm joined by Alejandro Mejia, the cinematographer for the gorgeous film that premiered at Sundance, Son of Monarchs. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor. Uh, thank you, Mati, for having me. I'm also so happy to join today. How's your festival been? Do you get to like check out some things or is it mainly just interview, interview, interview? No, no, no. Actually, it's uh, it's. I'm so happy this year because I've been watching a lot of films. I, I that's my second time at Sundance. I was there in 2018, and and of course I miss like the the vibe and the energy inside the theater. But uh, for me, it's been so nice to watch. Like I don't know, I'm watching around five films per day, so oh, wow. I'm I'm so excited and, and on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. S same here. And this is my first time at Sundance. So I know nothing different, but I'm hoping that <laughs> next year things are finally back to normal and I can be cold over there instead of cold in Boston. So um, I wanted to start by asking you, Alejandro, what drew you to the Project Son of Monarchs? And just in general, how do you choose which projects to be a part of? Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah, very good question. In that sense, I met Alexis Gambis, the director, I think. I, I I'm, I'm from Mexico, but I moved like around 10 years to Brooklyn. And I think Alexis and I, we met like eight years ago. And since we met, he started to talk about this project, no? because I'm Mexican. And I think he was very curious about how it's like the day of death there and like all these like rituals. And then slowly he, we collaborated in another project. He's a scientist and a filmmaker. And uh, and at the end, yeah, he shared the the first draft of the script, and I and I felt very identified with with the character. No, at the end, we're both immigrants. Alexis is French Venezuelan and Mexican, but we both work here in New York. And um, and I think I I found so many things on the script that I was like, oh yeah, this is like me or my friends. You know, that mm -hmm. is different kind of migration. And then, yeah, like when Tenoch got attached to the project, like I think he's 
he's a very interesting actor and uh, and I was so happy that he was someone like not the not the classic uh, white Sican as, as we said in Mexico is <laughs> is playing this role so it, it was like you know the brown guy that that is yeah that of course could be a scientist and 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 it's like I think it was a good chance to be part of a project where we can like slowly change these ideas of like who needs to be doing that no and then as usual sometimes as dp you have other offers i was like in the middle of two projects the other one was also very powerful and interesting but it was somehow my heart was telling me you should go and do this son of monarchs and reconnect with with mexico and and work with the notch and and i think i made the the right choice and we're happy to yeah screen it that at Sundance, no? Yeah, well, I think you made the right choice too because the very first thing that I said when I reviewed this film is that it is gorgeous to look at. And I recorded that review well before we had this interview scheduled. So you know that it's not just me <laughs> kissing your ass right now. But the film has this very crisp and naturalistic style. And I think even when you're filming the indoor and the city scenes, it keeps that style. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it, it was beautiful. Could you talk a little bit how you came to that decision and what specific lenses you use to capture that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, I'm, I think that's one of my signatures because I, I started my career as a still photographer and mainly like a street photographer also. And uh, then my background is more in documentary at the beginning. Then I, I made like more narrative fiction films. But then, I don't know, like five years ago, people, they started to reach out to me on documentaries to do like kind of the fiction parts. And I started to collaborate in a lot of hybrid things, no? And uh, and then last year, I was very lucky to be part of this project 499, which uh, we premiered at Tribeca. And I got like the Best Cinematography Award there. Then I got the Golden Frog in November at the Camera Image in Poland, which is the dream for any cinematographer in the world. And I was jumping exactly the last day we were shooting for 99 immediately to Son of Monarchs. I was in a band to the scouting and, and I was experimenting at 499, not using any lights. That was like my, my kind of experiment and dogma with the director, with Rodrigo and, and 499. I was like, I'm just going to go with available light. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it came out so well that then I was like, yeah, I was kind of, like doubting of course always no of like oh should i bring more lights and yeah and it's this classic feeling of any dp you know that we have always like because it's such an expensive uh craft that we cannot practice as much as writers or the painters no and so but in that sense i was very confident that uh that my style is that is naturalistic and alexis was sharing that so i brought that to to son of monarch so and also i think it's part of this kind of all like a Mexican cinematography style now that is like this school in the last 20 years that started with Rodrigo Prieto and Amores Perros, which is more like naturalistic and even like the camera movements, though they were more handheld in that time. And uh, for me, it was important to brought that to Son of Monarchs because also Alexis was clear that we wanted to represent like as realistic as possible all these like science side, no? And even like sometimes we were like tempted to play more like with this fantastic world of the butterflies and be more like, yeah, in that way or mm -hmm. in that direction. We always like went back to this like 
essence, no? Where like the, all the inspiration came from the reallocations where we were like scouting in Mexico and these colors. So then I was like, okay, I need to do the choice of the lenses, no? And, and, uh, and I was like, okay, we have past, present, we have New York, we have Michoacan. And I think for me to keep everything in, in one world was the anamorphic choice, no? Because they have such a strong personality, these lenses, we are like the Lomo round anamorphic. They're like Russian, actually Tarkovsky used to, to use these lenses in, uh, in his last movies. And uh, they're kind of difficult to work with because they are like in meters, like the focus moves like with the lens, so you cannot put a matte box. So they have a lot of limitations, but that limitations also, they help you to, to be more creative, no? or to solve things on the field in a different way. So I was confident of like, yeah, that was like the, the strong visual style we needed. And then also like with the camera movements, no, I was like talking with Alexis about this like floating part, no, with like the steady cam mm -hmm. that it was more like, oh, like imagine like what if a butterfly is observing this character, no, how, how is that? Oh, yeah. so, so that was pretty much like the, the thing, no, just adding little elements in lighting to help to maintain that as you said no for example the window light is already there so it, i was just needing a mini bounce to not look like completely dark but i was not lighting all the interior with you no know, an hmi or anything like that i was using a very small package mainly led lights to to help me it was a couple of things that i use big units at like the the trapeze the circus trapezist uh, place that one was like kind of a big warehouse where like light was changing all the time so i was using <laughs> yeah. like a, a big units like m40s hmis that was i think the the biggest day of of the budget using in, <laughs> in that place no but you don't notice because at the end we were just i was just replicating this natural light coming inside Oh, right, that's what right. I like. I like to that you feel that that is I like, but it's it's natural. Like you feel that it's kind of like natural light. Yeah, uh, you you touched on this already a little bit in in your answer there. But one of the reasons that I really admire this film is that the film is directed by Alexis Gabis, and he got his PhD in genetics, and so he has this very clear interest in keeping the science in his films as authentic as possible. And I think part of that is because like. I am getting my PhD in biomedical engineering, so I'm particularly sensitive to when science is done poorly in films. So like when you see it done well, it's particularly exceptional. So I'm just wondering what it was like to work with Alexis and whether there was like a noticeable difference in the approach that he did versus other directors that you've worked with. Yeah, no, it's it's very particular because as you may know, like yeah, scientists or engineers and like yeah. you live in like in like in a different world and uh, and very for, particular people. <laughs> yeah. And for us as as cinematographers, like one of our biggest tasks is to translate all that like world you have inside into images, no? And uh so that's that's a that's a challenge, you know, because uh I think we portrayed the world in completely different ways but like alexis was helping in in the sense that i was saying before that he was very very clear that we have to replicate and i remember when we went to the lab and i was like oh 
great, let's move the table to next to the window and put the <laughs> microscope here. And he was like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. We have to respect, like, because real people is working here. We cannot move, like, things. This is not a film set. Like, we got this, and it's like an indie movie, and we have to to respect and work with that. And, and that was one thing that I was a little like, no, but come on, like, light is beautiful here in the corner. And he was like, no. And so then from there, I was like, okay, this is great. And, uh, and then it was, I was like having so many surprises, like this room where it was like this pink light coming from inside. And I was like, what is this? No. And then he was like, yeah, if you come here, we have this big monitor and we can like put these colors and like, that's how exactly looks like, no. And, and then like where they, you have the butterflies on the top floor and is this like kind of garden with this like, you know, mm. like more like uh, big units of light that they like warm warm up the butterflies. And so all that was like, I, I like it uh, in the sense that it was mini changes, but Alexis was very clear. Sometimes, of course, he gets obsessed with like, uh, for, in my taste in the movie, like so many long takes of like dissection or like the microscope, but, but that's part of like what he was like, as you said, no, we have to, to please also the the scientist people, no, not uh, for me. I was like, oh, I I I just need like twenty seconds of that, and let's let's move forward. And he was like, yeah. no. And and now people talks all the time about that like first take that it's it's perfect, and you see the dissection and and all that, no. So yeah, talking about those dissections a little bit. I mean, you are just setting me up perfectly for my transitions into my questions here. So thank you. But uh, you know, there's a lot of those microscopic shots where it's either of butterfly wings or the tiny little surgeries. Was that difficult? Were there any challenges with shooting through a microscope? I presume. Yeah, I mean, it was like two different things in that sense. Like the first one is like, uh, yeah, we were working with a smaller camera. With the, I mean, the ma- main camera what we used for the project was the Ari Alexa Mini. And then for the microscope scenes, we use the Canon C300. And it's funny because, uh, yeah, now the microscopes, I didn't knew that. You have like an adapter that you can connect directly the camera there. Mm. And then you can record exactly what is like the microscope seeing, no? So that's like, that was like kind of a new different world that like opened my eyes. And uh, and it was great to to work in that sense. But also you don't have too much room no like to be creative at the end it's more like you're recording what like it's more science in that sense Mm -hmm. and that was more alexis like like knowing what to do and or or when no and and then in the other hand we were working with like a combination of diopters with the anamorphic lenses to get as close as possible to the dissection of course with like professional hands doing that pretending that it was our, our actor, that it was impossible <laughs> for him to learn in, in yeah. this sh- short period of time. And, and then it was another part where we used like a macro lens, but it was more like the in the tattoo parlor scenes where he's like getting this crazy tattoo and we go like super close. That was with the, with the macro. But that's, yeah, that, that's always a challenge, of course, because you need to use... The light, that was, I think, the, the biggest challenge, you know, because uh, right. sometimes it's easier to, like, overlight that. And uh, and also we were, like, 
Alexis was very clear of like, we need to look like real, proper, and not like, this is not like a, a shampoo commercial or like a medicine <laughs> commercial where you know you, and that was a little scare or getting into that uh, places, but that, I think at the end it came out well. Yeah. Well, on the uh, kind of flip side of that, there are some scenes as the film progresses where Mendel starts to have this spiritual metamorphosis. And a lot of that is conveyed through these very fantastical, magical realism-esque shots of him floating underwater. Um, how did you capture those? Are, is that actually underwater or is that just movie magic to make it seem like it's underwater? No, it's uh, it's real water. We were shooting that. Actually, it was like our last day of shooting in Mexico. We shot that in like in a pool in a tank that is made for that. And uh, yeah, and it was a big challenge because... Uh, is it was not easy for the notch to be like more than I don't know 20 seconds and like <laughs> so we were like dealing with that and I was like oh you told me that you know how to swim and then uh, that was not true that day but uh <laughs> it was a lot of fun and it's always a challenge you know because um requires like yeah kind of the secrets is like to to black out like the pool with like black fabric but then you have this like kind of black hole and then you start to put light from above like this kind of light, this other light or colors. And I was like kind of clear that I wanted to play with the orange, you know, the, because that's kind of the late motif of the movie with like the wings of the butterfly, the tattoo, you know, et cetera. So I was like, I want to have this light coming directly into the pool. And then I think somehow there were these plants there and I started to play. I was like, well, let's put these plants inside the pool. And then came out that it was like adding something, you know, and, and at the end, they are they are there, and it's this like kind of yeah dream metamorphosis kind of craziness that the character is getting there. But it's 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 interesting that you're the first person that that mentioned that in the interviews, and I was kind <laughs> of like forgetting that. But it's yeah, it's a very it was one of my favorite sequences actually. Mm-hmm. It's always cool to see how people do those, especially water sequences, because it's not something that you really think about as being difficult when you're watching it. But then you start to think that these people actually had to be in the water and figure this out and how it take however many takes. So I, I always want to like learn a little bit more about that. And then on that note, I mean, my favorite thing about talking with filmmakers is that we get an appreciation for how difficult and how much thought is put into every single part of the film. So I wanted to ask, is there a specific scene or a specific sequence that was especially difficult to pull off or one that you were particularly proud of? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm very proud of the kind of all these ritual sequences that there are on the film because that mm-hmm. was a big challenge because it involves like more people and it was like very cold at night and it's with fire and I use like some units to help the fire, these Ari sky panels that they have the fire effect. And I remember my gaffer going somewhere on the top of that hacienda and like putting that light on the top. And then we were using real torches, no, with fire. They were like oh, wow. change, changing every two, three takes. So that was like kind of a a difficult one because also we we're like with like a tight like time. But I think came out so well. I think we. I, I'm so happy that you can really feel that that fire like lighting, no, and you cannot see that is also LED lights helping that. And I think I 
of course uh, they have a special place the the butterfly scenes like because that place is magical per se and and i recommend everyone at least once in life to go there and experience that because that's such a magical place no in terms of shooting of course we we're very careful like i couldn't bring any equipment besides the camera and the lenses but it's all this like yeah you can get crazy i was like oh we can point here we can point there but it's like also keeping the same vibe of the movie, you know, which he was like more like this is like the past and there are kids and they're like kind of observing, you know, because then, yeah, you can spend there like hours of footage. So that's, I think, one of the biggest challenges to maintain that quality during the film. And then I think also one of my favorite ones is like the funeral where like it also involves a lot of people. It was a very small house with like the ceiling was kind of here. And, and, I, and I really like the tones, like, no, I was kind of a challenge to light that because also it was very dark and involving all these people and we have like a dolly movement. And, but I think all that moment with the, with the, he meets the brother and also they go to this room and they have this discussion. Because also, I mean, they are, they are such a, a great actors, no? Like, especially yeah. Tenoch and, and Noe Hernandez, both. They're, I think, the best Mexican actors at the moment. And and I think that really helps. But yeah, I think that's that's it. All of those scenes are among my favorites of the film. So that's good to hear. So just to uh, close us out, since we are the Movie Marathoners podcast here, I've been asking these marathon-related questions. And <laughs> sometimes they've been a success. Other times they've been really dumb. But I'm going to ask it anyways. Um <laughs> So nice. let's say you had to run a marathon and you were going to film the marathon. How would you want to capture your achievement? Like you could use a GoPro, you could do an overhead drone footage, you could have somebody in a car driving with a handheld the entire time. I mean, I think I will like uh, shoot from a car or from a motorcycle with like steady cam and a nice anamorphic lens. I think <laughs> I will I will love to to see that like running and uh and and it's yeah and just adding that is i think i always say that like this this career is it's like a marathon no it's like uh it's uh it's just not like a speed race no i think is i've been doing this for almost like 15 years and i can tell in the last three four my career is like getting there but yeah that's why it's like yeah it's a marathon we have to not arrive maintain ourselves there so that's why i will use the the most great camera and a nice lens to to shoot that just get the really naturalistic feel of a of you dying yeah <laughs> dying yeah, exactly. yeah yeah alejandro thank you so much for joining me this was an absolute honor uh, thank you mati uh, it was also a pleasure for me and keep going with your podcast thank you so much be sure to check out alejandro mejia's film son of monarchs when it is released later this year this has been a movie marathoners sundance 5k series episode be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage. You can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie-marathoners or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening, and remember that life's a marathon, so let's take it one movie at a time.
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.